the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi there, and welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Well, today we turn our attention once again to 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 1, looking at verses 5 and forward. We've been focusing this week on the saints' benefits in the past, in the present, and in the future. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved saved from the presence, power, and penalty of sin. And as we begin our time together, we do so with a cross-reference to Colossians to get a clearer understanding of just exactly what it is Paul is talking about. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Colossians says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you're also complete through your union with Christ. So if, it's, if we're failing, it's not because there's, you know, God's been withholding on us. He's been holding out on us. It's because we haven't been getting nourished and exercising. Now, not only does God bless us with benefits in the past, but he also blesses us with benefits in the, in the future as saints. We continue on in, in verse 7 and following. You see, the best is yet to come. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. We're going to come back to that part of verse 7. He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. It says he will keep you strong to the end. That means he's, he's going to keep you from losing your faith. He is going to help you keep on believing in him so that you'll be blameless or guiltless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what that means is not that we're going to be prevented from doing something that is wrong until Christ comes again, but rather that he will keep us from renouncing our faith or denying him, even in the face of persecution, so that in the final judgment he may pronounce us innocent. And it says God is faithful. Now, we you hear that word, at a, if not a conscious level, in a subconscious level, we have a tendency to think in comparisons. For instance, we might say, well, that, that person's a faithful friend. And what we're doing at a subconscious level is we're comparing that person with another person who's not a faithful friend. And that's not the intention of the writer here at all. In fact, there, how do you compare with the faithfulness of God? You just can't do it. In fact, the, today's English version uses the word trusted instead of faithful. It says, you can trust God. You can trust God completely. Through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Fellowship is the word koinonia, and what it means is to, uh, and it's translated this way in some translations, to share in the life of, to share in the life of his son. To share in means to participate in. So we as believers are invited to participate in the life of Jesus Christ, God's son. Now, what does it mean to participate in someone's life? It means to be involved with that person's uh, goals and that person's accomplishments and that person's experiences. And so we're called to share in the goals and accomplishments and experiences of God's Son. 
Now, what is one of the goals of Jesus Christ? One of the goals of Jesus Christ is to restore what God created. Let me explain. The first two chapters of Genesis describe the pre-fall condition of creation. And when God finished his work, he said, it was very good. And then sin happened. And over, over the chapters that follow and the centuries that follow in the scriptures, it unfolds before us God's plan for the redemption and restoration of his creation. We look at the first couple of chapters in Genesis and we find certain things described like mankind has authority. And then at the fall, we lose that. And we have access to the tree of life. And then it's, as the fall, we, we've lost access to the tree of life. It's guarded by an angel. And then you go, to the work, you, you go to the book of Revelation. It describes how God is restoring things through Jesus Christ. And guess what we find there? We find that mankind's authority has been restored. We find that we now have access to the tree of life. And you see, so Jesus is involved in the restoration of creation. And that's going to culminate in his return. Calvin may have been correct when he observed that it, it was important for Paul to write this, uh, to prevent the Corinthians from being dejected when they came face to face with fault after fault that Paul was going to address in the chapters that follow. Paul clarifies that the promise of the eschatological blamelessness of the saints rests securely on the conviction of God's steadfast loyalty. Another writer says, the primary function of verse 9 in the literary unit of his thanksgiving was to underscore the foundation of their eschatological security. Now, I'm using that word eschatological, and some people don't know what that word means, and I understand that. So let me say, eschatology is the branch of systematic theology concerned with the study of last things, whether it's in relationship to the world or to an individual. And what the scriptures tell us plainly is that when Jesus Christ returns, things are not going to be the same. This present age is going to end. It says in verse 7, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. We as Christians are eagerly awaiting Jesus Christ to be revealed. And that word revealed is in the Greek, uh, apokalupsis which is the word from which we get the English word apocalypse. And it's often used in descriptions about the end time. In fact, I believe that Hollywood in the last 10 years or so has had a preoccupation with apocalypse events. Movies are coming out left and right about the end of the world. Uh, I had a friend call me this uh, last couple of weeks and, and said, hey, let's go see that 2012 movie that's out, and we'll talk about the theology of it afterwards. And we did. We went out and saw it, and you saw California sliding into the ocean. You saw the earth opening up and swallowing cities whole. You saw volcanic superheated gases uh, uh, racing across uh, the plains and, and those kinds of things. And, I, and I'll tell you that the world is afraid of apocalypsis. But we as Christians, the scriptures say, are awaiting eagerly the revelation, the apocalypsis, the apocalypse of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why are we as Christians eagerly awaiting the apocalypse? Are we looking forward to famine and earthquakes and pestilence 
And all of those things that are going to be associated with the end of this world as we know it, are we looking for? No, we're not looking forward to that. What we're looking forward to is the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's several things that are going to happen when Christ is revealed. First off, Jesus Christ is going to receive his exaltation. You know, for the last 2,000 years or so, he's been neglected, he's been humiliated, he's been despised, he's been rejected. But at his apocalypsis, it says every knee will bow. And Jesus Christ and all that he has done for mankind deserves to be honored. Secondly, it means Satan's defeat. Now, I hear an amen there. You all want an amen on that one? If you're not amen, think about this. Think about all of the pain and the suffering and the disease and the violence and the garbage that has been brought into this world and into the human experience because of that conniving serpent. Now, when you think about it, it should bring us some satisfaction to know that he's going to get what's due him. And that's going to happen at the apocalypse. It also means justice for the martyrs. Revelation chapter 6 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? In 2 Thessalonians, it says, Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So that means that at the apocalypse, the revelation of Jesus Christ, those who have rejected Christ are going to be punished. Now, to improve my skills as your pastor, I often take classes in various disciplines, and not every one of those classes is filled with Christians, fellow Christians. And I can remember one class, the issue of heaven and hell came up, and one of the fellow students came up and said, I don't believe in hell. My God would never send anyone to hell. No good and loving God would send anyone to hell. You're familiar with that philosophy. Well, your God might not, but the God of the Bible will. And not because he wants to. He is not willing that any should perish. He doesn't get any satisfaction out of those who choose to perish. If you read John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He's done everything that he can to make it possible for us to be saved. And then it talks, you go on in that chapter, and it talks about those who have chosen to reject Jesus Christ. And those who reject Jesus Christ will be punished. Now, I told you this is the best part. The best part is, at the apocalypse, that means we're, those of us who believe are going to heaven. They're going to heaven. Yeah, give the Lord a clap offering. Now, it says here, when Christ returns, he will confirm or establish us as blameless before his heavenly Father. 
You know, when I was growing up in Sunday school here at this church, I had a Sunday school teacher who was a little misinformed, and uh, that Sunday school teacher told us that on the last days, that, that on Judgment Day, that there was going to be this great big screen across the sky, and all the people standing before the judgment seat were going to get to see a movie of my life with all of my sins. And at seven years old, I was freaking out. (laughs) At seven years old, I didn't want anybody to see my sin. You can imagine what it does to a 50-year-old. But that's not what's going to happen. That would not be something to look forward to. It says that when he returns, he will confirm or establish us as blameless before his heavenly Father. In other words, there's nothing to project on the projector in the sky. Thanks be to Jesus Christ for what he has done. And he has done so much, hasn't he? Well, that will close out today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. To review today's program, learn a bit more about us, who we are, what we believe. If you'd like to join us for worship here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, We also have directions and service times. All of that is available on our website, highlands.us. Won't you pay us a visit? Get to know us a bit more. Again, highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow as we'll close out the week with another look at 1 Corinthians on study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com